podcast, there's no little B-roll opening footage here, so we're just going to dive in right away. But I am, I am, uh, um, was really looking forward to this podcast because it's two very um, dear and somewhat old. They're not old, but our friendship is rather old, especially in terms of uh, uh, these internet type years. Uh, we've the three of us have known each other online and connected face to face a number of times for the better part of a decade, and um, it's been me watching them post online about enneagrams that sparked my interest and enneagrams is something as you'll find out through our conversation that was introduced to me by my own uh, daughters the women in my life and uh, so it was uh, my pleasure to connect the three of us to talk about this um, I think it's it's pretty fascinating stuff and and I learned a lot from it I'm still learning that I'm not anywhere near uh, where these folks are in terms of their uh, depth and understanding of it but it's uh, of all of the Things I've shared so far, as much as uh, all of them take place sort of outside, this one probably has the most applications for everyone and all of us. And so I hope you enjoy the conversation I have with Amber, Christina, and myself talking about Enneagrams. Well, uh, I'm excited to be here with two uh, lovely ladies uh, who share a common thing. And in fact, the three of us share something in common in, in just a moment that we'll share with. But in my, this is my first podcast with two, and I figured if there was, I was going to have twins too, then it would be good to have Christina and Amber. So before we get into the thing that we want to talk about, let's just, let me do, like, let you do the quick, like, who are you? Uh, to, like, who are you? What do you do? And however you want to frame that. And the, the, sec, the last part of that question is, how do you know me? So I'll start with uh, Amber. All right. Well, my name is Amber. I am a director of technology and innovation in a school district in Texas. Um, I know both Dean and Christina from the greatness of social media and getting to connect at conferences and our love of leadership and empowerment and all things techie. And so literally two of my favorite people in the space. Are do you do you remember? Do you remember the first time we, we met? I do. Oh, Probably don't. It's memorable. I don't, but I can talk about all the food that we've eaten together. Yes. But the first time we met was actually, it was ASCD in Texas. And in fact, it was, I don't, I, I can't remember the specific, no, it was, it, it was in Dallas, but it was like the week before ISTE in San Antonio that was coming up because I remember oh, it was there. And anyway, okay. so that was the first time. And the lovely Christina. Hi, uh, my name is Christina Ishmael. My pronouns are she and her. I currently serve as an educational consultant um, supporting nonprofits, school districts, civil rights organizations, you name it, um, in education policy space uh, after serving a number of years in the classroom as well as at the state and federal level here in the U.S. Um, I met Dean, I believe Educon was the very first time we met in person. Um, in Philly at the end of January, which is when everyone wants to be in Philadelphia, when um, it was 2011. So they'd had a massive snowstorm. And I believe that was the first time that we got to meet in person, but we knew each other through through the socials before that. And, um, and I Amber even remember and I also know each yeah, other that way. But I remember this specifically when I met you. It was that it was that baggage claim at the Philly airport. And I think Josh Allen was there. <laughs> you and Josh Allen were there. That's pretty good. Isn't that a pretty good memory? Gosh, that's that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. So enough. Well, I should say enough of the shenanigans. We'll keep, we'll keep 
though they may continue but i want to dive into what it is that brings you here so so and i'll just sort of set it off with the three of you have sort of weaved into your social media world this weird and wild thing maybe it's not weird and wild i don't know maybe to some people it is but i know it is to some and not to everybody is enneagrams so before we do anything else what would you what's your sort of 30 second to one minute explanation of what in the world are is i'm not even sure what it is r is enneagrams Christina, I'll let you go first this time. Oh dear. Um, I like to compare it to some of the other kind of personality tests that exist out there, whether it's Myers-Briggs or Clifton Strength Finder. Um, knowing kind of the history as far as the Enneagram was actually rooted in the church and Christianity, um, but then also being able to apply that in kind of your general life and, and not necessarily um, the religious focus. And that's kind of how I see it more myself now. Um, but it is definitely kind of affirming the things that you see in yourself and then how you can work right. with others. So to build on that, Amber, what would you say makes it somewhat different from those other ones? Because I would say to the Myers-Briggs one and Cliff, like those are, there's in the same family, but perhaps maybe mm -hmm. distinguish what might make Enneagrams a slightly different version of those. And I, I would have literally said the exact same thing that came out of her mouth. Um, my favorite thing about the Enneagram is that it focuses on motivation. And it's something, one of the best examples I hear is we would all feed the homeless, but our motivations for feeding the homeless are different. And when you can learn about other people and learn about their motivations for actions or inactions, there's a lot more well-roundedness that kind of comes into play versus just, she's an extrovert. Oh, they don't like chocolate. I mean, there's just so much totality that I think the Enneagram brings to the table. Um, and it's motivation and fear-based. And I don't know. And I mean, even my Gallup strengths tell me all the really great things about myself, but the Enneagram helps me understand the choices, actions, and thoughts in a way that none of those other tools have ever done. And, and then, okay, so let's, and, and, and how did you sort of like, cause again, with those other ones, they seem like kind of a one and done thing. Well, here's like, I've done the Clifton strength things and that's, it was a really powerful experience, but I, I haven't really done much. I think you're getting to that, uh, Amber, is beyond that. I know that these are my strengths. So then, Christina, um, what, how did you like how did your journey with this grow and sort of why, why is it that you've continued on and how have you continued on expanding your understanding and usefulness of this of this concept? Um, I blame Zach Chase, another friend of ours <laughs> uh, in all of this, who um, was forwarding me a daily email by Richard Rohr. Um, also really well known in the, he's a Franciscan priest um, in the mysticism kind of world and has has been talking about Enneagram for a while. And so he would send these things and he was like, hmm, this resonates with me. What about you? And would ask those questions and I was like, okay, yes, I need to know more. And so that led me to reading a couple of books and then taking the test just to understand what my own uh, number was. I really enjoyed the book, uh, The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Crown and Suzanne Stabile um, to understand and really like dive into the specific numbers of, of what you identify. And then um, you also, it's not just the one number, but you have your wings, which is like how you kind of associate with the number below or above you. And so I, are we telling what our numbers are yet? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but my wing is definitely like something that I also lean on. And so um, I've continued to see that develop, I think through my own 
life journeys, both personally and professionally. Like I never thought I would be full-time consulting, but here I am. Um, I left a full-time job and that is terrifying, but I knew that I needed a change and I knew that I needed to pursue certain things. Um, professionally, I went, or excuse me, personally, I went through a divorce a couple of years ago. And um, I think just also kind of stepping away from the church as the, the church itself, but still having my own faith and, and kind of my own spiritual journey. Um, it's helped me a lot in that process. How about you, Amber? To me, mine, I, I went with my husband through a fireman friend of his, and it was done through the church, hence his approval and interest in said day of, of learning. Um, but I have found and seen that so many of the things, my Gallup and my, my Enneagram line up almost, in, I mean, explicitly, they are basically the same, just in different languages and verbiage, which really helped solidify to me that this was something that was accurate and not just of a, how I felt that day. Um, but my motivations, my reactions, understanding my husband, who is a different number than me, um, almost in the in, antithesis of my number, so to speak, um, helped me again. If I, if you base your judgment or reaction to someone on that situation and what you interpret it, but forget that their motivation is different than yours, um, you've got all kinds of problems in all kinds of ways. And so as a principal doing this with my staff was life-changing because I knew right away that my my sixes who are very non-confrontational when they said do i have to call the parent first or can i send a couple emails i didn't get annoyed and think what are you doing you lazy bum i had to recognize and remember that their motivation is fear of conflict and fear of being seen as inadequate or wrong and that drove some of the choices and decisions that they made when my assistant principal who was a hard eight came in just ready to to, to not step down in a good way um, i had to remember that that was her initial instinctive reaction and I mean it just drove so so much and the more that I dig into it even the flaws that I saw in myself I saw through the lens of oh because my childhood fear my driving motivator again we're not telling our, we're not telling our numbers yet <laughs> are we telling our numbers yet well you've been throwing numbers around so I think what we need to do at some point is provide context for people around what these numbers are because I think that's where people are gonna and, and not without me going and, and sort of diving into each one just the basic framework of like what the how many numbers there are and kind of what what is that useful for so I don't know somebody can give me give us a context so there that. are nine nine main numbers nine personalities nine person um, just lines on this circular grid and you go to one number in a stress you go to one number in your place of health but all of your center core motivations are gonna be with one number. And then like Christina said, you have a wing. So you have a number on either side. If you're a seven, you've got a six and an eight and you lean one way or the other into that type as well. And so it again, I've had so, and again, staff of 70 women. So we'll start there who said, there's no way that this one test that we're taking is going to pigeonhole. I am my own enigma, <laughs> but yet, as we dug into this, they were so responsive to learning and seeing and understanding and how many of them then immediately converted to sending every meme that had to do with their number <laughs> found on Pinterest. <laughs> but yep. they were so accurate and relevant. And, and again, when I say that it's not just how you respond, but the why you respond, I think that that's a super important difference between the Enneagram and anything else. And so one through nine, there are lots of different tests out there, 
the very best way to learn a number, and I think Christina and I talked about this, is to not take the test, believe it or not. It's to read one of those Suzanne Stabile yeah. books and see which yep. one feels as if somebody was spying on you because one of them is going to make you <laughs> real uncomfortable and that's how you're going to find your number. Well, and that's, yeah. and so, so again, when, when my, my daughter started talking about this stuff and thinking about it, like they, they said the same thing is like, yeah, you can take a test and it might be, but like, that's not really, it's not really, that's not really the entry point into it, but she did like, so I just get curious. I said, well, what do you think I am? And so she, you know, she kind of played around with it, but now it's been confirmed. So let's all three of us on the count of three hold up the number that we are. One, two, three. Now, if you're listening to this, the number three, <laughs> uh, the three times, there's three of us. Okay, you get it. So, so, and my, so my youngest daughter, like when I told her that, cause she actually designed the little logo here and did some stuff for me. And I was telling her, oh, I got, I've got a couple of friends coming. I'm talking about Enneagram. She, she, and I said, they're both three. She says, you can't do a podcast with three threes on it. Like that just wouldn't, like she says, that's, it's not. So anyways, she left town. <laughs> she left town. So she has no influence on this one. Interestingly oh, enough, in, my in God, that's amazing. <laughs> of our four children and my wife, we have six different numbers in our in our family, which is kind of yep. crazy. So my question to both of you is, do you, as you're getting to know people, not just with random people, but people that you spend time with, whether or not you've ever talked to them about an Enneagram, do you kind of go, yeah, they're a nine, they're a one? Like, do you do, is that a thing you do, Christina? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it is. But also, I think people, uh, friends, especially like inner circle kind of friends, they've all taken it or have read the book and we right. have conversations around it. Um, yeah. So, but yes, I do find myself kind of going, hmm, I see that they're, they're people pleasing. I'm going to assess that that is a two. <laughs> so, so, so help people understand because I don't, I mean, I know a little bit of you guys would know way more than I do about what what a three is but like say what we are <laughs> what are we Amber, oh, what are we <laughs> well we we tend to be achievers y'all we tend to be the people who want to do well at things and we are driven by wanting to be seen and have influence and make a difference our core fear is being forgotten as being seen as unimportant as ineffective um we have to show that we matter and success to us um, and I think this is a really, again, a really great example because we all three are authors. We've all three published books. We've all three done things, right? But when someone says, what are you working on? We're like, nothing right now, but I mean, I've got something in the pipe. I'm going to be doing this, 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 and this, because it doesn't matter that yesterday we published a book. Like we're done. That was yesterday. We've got to move on to the next thing. Our value is seen in what we're accomplishing right now in the moment. And we're never satisfied with what we have accomplished. Because my value is what I'm doing right now. You only want me if I'm mm -hmm. contributing, if I'm succeeding um, versus that I need that positive reinforcement. I need that being seen as helpful and productive. So rest is a foreign concept for us. Taking days off is a foreign concept for us. Um, resting on a status quo, we wouldn't even be able to have an understanding of that. Which, which that last part is where I go, ah, that's not really me. So that's where that whole wing thing kind of veers off. And so you say, yeah, but you're kind of, and I don't remember what I, I, I was told 
that you aren't necessarily always the wing right beside you. Like you could be one more, or is that not true? You're always <laughs> like, if I'm a three, I'm a I'm a two and a four. Okay, well that's right, shares my limited knowledge. According, I mean, it's gonna be you're gonna lean into one of the now. Okay. I will say you go to different numbers in times of stress and in times of health. So if you are sure. in a stressful place, if you are feeling overwhelmed, then you will go to a six, um, which is that skeptic, non-confrontational kind of place. Um, and then, oh, I'm sorry, nine. You go to a nine in times of stress and we go to six in times of health. So um, those two things can be true. But your wing is always, according to the Ions and the Suzanne Stabiles who've written all the Enneagram books, your wing is going to be one of those directly related numbers. So the, the other thing that... Um that my kids talk about that I overhear and get to be part of once in a while are sort of the healthy and unhealthy versions of, right? So, and this is, and, and to, to push a little bit against what you said about the strengths, when I did the Clifton strengths things, those strengths can also be weaknesses. Like they kind of go in there, probably not to the depth that the Enneagram does, but there's a little bit of like, yeah, you might be this, but if you go too far down that path, here's where that problem lies. And what's interesting is, um, my daughter has got a friend and she's who's a two and she says she's an unhealthy two and she says unhealthy twos are the worst. That's just, I mean, that was her opinion. Like, I don't want to deal with an unhealthy two. They're awful. I, and and mm. I kind of, like I said, then I'll say like, tell me more. And then she kind of goes into like what, because I think number two is a little bit more of like a counselor and wants to be seen as like a helper kind of thing. Yep. And, and when they're not doing that, it it's ugly, which I suppose could be argued any of these can be it just is who you can't, like, I can't deal with this person when they're not in that healthy spot. But again, it's, that's the, the great thing is like being healthy in these areas. Like, that's all awesome. It's just figuring out like, what is your, what is your healthy, healthy level or, or whatever else. I actually, I referred to that in my interview for the U S department of education, um, my strength finder, that is, um, saying that exact thing. So my number one strength on there is woo winning others over. And I said, that's also my number one weakness because when I can't win someone over, I will sit there and overanalyze the crap out of it. <laughs> it has to like, do with us, why? right? Like but it's why? something wrong yes, with us. Exactly. What's your number two on the gallop? Oh man, I'm going to have to remember it. Hold on. Let me, let me recall or pull up. What was your number um, one on there? Help me recall. Woo. Sorry. Woo. Winning others over. My my second yes. is woo. So duh. Oh, see, I don't have that. I have like maximizer and adaptability. I think those are my top two. I don't have either one of those. That's interesting. Mine are activator, woo, and achiever are my top three, which again align so perfectly well yeah. with the Enneagram. And and I well love that. And that's why sometimes they look at me and they think, I think you're a three, but I don't know. Anyway, um, tell me, tell me one thing in your life that you do or think about like specifically about you that is different now because of this knowledge like something that you're hyper aware of that you just say yeah this is i got i got to pay more attention to this area either in terms of you know stopping doing something or being leaning into something more i have a really great example which is super immature and it shows my two wing of just needing to be loved and <laughs> loved and valued and thought of all the time. Uh, my very best friend from middle school and high school and I are still friends all 
still friends, but my constant annoyance, I always had this edge of, Ugh, because how come I love her more than she loves me? How come I have to be the person who calls and makes the plans? How come I, how come she doesn't love me as much as I love her? And this is a constant and Christina is a female. So hopefully you can relate to this more than Dean probably does with his guy friends, but it was a thing. Like it was a resistant grudge of, Ugh, in my, in my heart, and in my mind, it was just this thing that I couldn't get rid of. Um, talking through the Enneagram with her, she's a nine, which means she's never going chill. to take initiatives. She's so yep. chill, chill, open for yep. everything all of the time, always. And all I have to do is say, let's hang out. Let's go to the movies. Let's go do this. But she's never going to be the person on Facebook saying, oh my God, I love Amber so much. <laughs> like I'm going to do, because I need you to see and know. But it yep. changed though our relationship to where I didn't have this secret seated bitterness in my world. And I just think, man, if people could understand the motivations, you would appreciate the fact that I need to constantly be doing and not be annoyed by the fact that I can't ever stop. You would recognize that that's just who I am. It still may be annoying to you, but I'm not doing it to annoy you. I'm doing it because that's the way I was beautifully and wonderfully made. Yep. I think I love that example as far as the, the interpersonal, um, I would say mine has been a little more like personal and you would already, you'd already referred to it, Amber, as far as like, we're, we're constantly thinking about the next thing. I've actually had to work very, very hard on this in therapy, like truly, um, where it's like, I'm always thinking about the next thing or the next place that I'll be, um, because I am kind of on the road or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I'm always looking forward and I'm never, um, I'm, I'm happy where I am and I'm content doing the work that I'm doing, but I have to very intentionally practice presence. And that's really difficult for me. And that is something that I work on on a daily basis. I mean, it's, it's so, um, like there's obviously just baked in is this, the whole idea of being self-aware and also the idea, like when you're talking Amber and you're describing you know, the, the fact that I need these things, it's, it, it might be easy for other people to say, well, that's just silly of you. Like, why do you need that? Like what, you know what I mean? Cause there's, there's certain things that are just generally speaking, not seen as like, you shouldn't be, you know, for whatever reason, like you shouldn't be like that. But, but the part of this is no, no, like that is how I am. And that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And yet you can see that, okay, but if I take this to the uh, too far it's that's where you know that's where it's like okay that that's where this sort of crosses whatever lines there are out there but that high that's to me what so what even the little bit of knowledge that i have is like um before i make a judgment on others like there's there's that whole knowing yourself thing but also like before i kind of call somebody else on their behavior it's like whoa just wait a minute like that's just not how they are going to operate so why would you and why are you trying to change them? Like, why are you trying to think like they're going to think they're not going to think like you? And why should they? Because they're 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 them. Um, so as we're sort of heading to the end of this, because as I disclosed earlier, I have a tea time, <laughs> which is just so bad. Right. This is terrible. That's terrible. But I need to be loved no, and I need to achieve. I'm, I'm <laughs> right. Go, go um, score low. Good job. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, what would you say to somebody like, like get somebody the, the sort of the starter kit to Enneagrams? Like what's your, what's your like two or three mm. starter kit, whether it's like, read this book, have this conversation, listen to this podcast, 
like so that you get a sense of not like I'm all in, but like I just want to get a sense of what it is and maybe start thinking about where I lie on the Enneagram and how that how that matter why that matters. What would be the starter kit? I'm looking to make sure that I give the title back. Um, I think it's the road back to you. Is that the Suzanne Sibyl? So that's a very good starter place. And again, instead of jumping right to the number that the person at the coffee shop told you that they think you are, um, understanding and reading all of the numbers, because one of them is going to be very exposing to you. And it's not about finding, well, you're a one and you need to change to be more like this. None of these numbers are any better or worse. They all have right. their highs and they all have their lows. Um, and so be, be leery of anything that shares differently. Um, but I think that that's a really good place to start. It is very ubiquitous right now. I think that there is a very large movement in the Enneagram space. And so there's a lot of different resources. Suzanne Seville also has a podcast that I think is fascinating. And I promise I learned just as much about listening to other numbers as I do to my own, because there's yeah. so much that's interwoven. And especially with what we do in working with people, the more that I can understand and give grace to because of an understanding that I've heard about or read about, the better off I am as a person. I love all of those things. Um, you mentioned that it's it's kind of trendy, I will say. Yeah, it's gained it's gained traction for sure. Um, and I immediately pulled up all the Instagram uh, accounts that I follow and I was like, and this one, and this one, and this mm. one. Um, there is a there's a podcast, uh, Enneagram and Coffee. Uh, Sarah Jane Case does that one. I follow her on Instagram. Um, Enneagram explain uh, excuse me, explained. And then say any any a thing is also another one. So it's actually I I really love being able to follow these different accounts because then you can see just like kind of those quick social media graphics that they use for all numbers. And so yes, I will anxiously await for them to drop the number three and then quickly share it with Amber. But then I also <laughs> am like really excited to see all of the other ones because I have so many different numbers in my right. life and I want to be able to to speak to them. So um, I would say it's it's definitely more um, Instagram and kind of social media for me. Well, and and again, that's why I think it's I see it differently because and maybe it's just like you know when you buy a a, a red. Volkswagen you see red Volkswagens everywhere after you do it but but it does seem like there's more of a sort of a movement and a continual learning a bit around this like Myers-Briggs is Myers-Briggs and you take it and you're an ENFJ or whatever you are and then yep. you know that's kind of yep. it right like there's like I don't know what to yeah. do with that right whereas mm -hmm. this one seems mm -hmm. to be a little bit more embedded in this idea of like let me just keep working on this stuff and understanding more so even though the two of you have definitely taken the deep dive and probably know as much about being a three as 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 most people or as <laughs> anyone would you're still not done yet like you're still not like oh I've I've got it all I know how I operate and nothing surprises me or nothing makes me think oh yeah I have to. so I think that's a part about that's kind of cool it's like oh yeah that's that's a good reminder I haven't thought about it in that way right like it might not be a completely mm -hmm. new reveal about yourself but it's like oh yeah like that's another example of how this this and again, like you said, not just about you, but in about others, which that's kind of my last question. And I mean, you've touched on it, Amber, you've touched on it in a lot of different ways. But, you know, when I ask people in other in my other podcasts, like, how does this thing, does it or doesn't it impact uh, your work in education? And I mean, I think it's pretty obviously, yeah, it does for sure. Um, 
And so I don't know if there's any more way you can sort of expand on that. Maybe I'll start with you, Christina, because you haven't shared quite as much about that because your role is, I mean, it's, 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 it, there's elements of leadership, but unlike Amber, you and I don't necessarily have a team that we're constantly leading all the time. And so I'd just love to know from your perspective in education to start with how, how it's made a difference for you as an, as, as an educator. Um, a great question. I'm now like thinking through all the ways in, that this has been applicable in in work. Uh, I think it has made me a better project manager um, because I can see all of the moving pieces. And then I want us all, not only for my own personal success, but I want us to succeed as a team. And so, you know, supporting a variety of clients, whether it's on policy development right now or it's event planning. And, and whatever the case may be, like I can see that coming through in all of that work. Um, and to, re to refer to or rely on past experiences and say, I've developed a run of show for an event at the White House. I know how to keep a tight, a tight schedule or a tight agenda. This is how we're going to approach this for events in particular. People are like, oh, okay. And so they're, they're automatically kind of bought in in that way. And I'm like, great, we're gonna get success. You know, like we're gonna get success here together. So I definitely see it in that way. Um, and just being able to, I think, read a room. I think that's the other thing. Yeah. We all know that, you know, we can, there's a variety of personalities and, and backgrounds and even thinking of like culturally responsive teaching, um, tapping into the funds of knowledge that students bring. Um, that is also important for us to think about when it comes to adults that we work with. And so being able to, to recognize that, like you had mentioned, um, and then bring that into the workspace as well. So Christina, you said that and you realize that another one of the adjectives for the achiever is that you are the chameleon and you can blend in mm, and make connections yep. with every single person, regardless of any of those other factors. That is one of our strengths in that when we go it's into true. a room, we can instantly build a connection. And so how is that? I think that's an incredible tactic with any human, right? Much less children yes. or adults yeah. or education, but that you can immediately put people at ease and make them feel seen yep. and heard and comfortable. And that is both, again, our strength and our weakness because is it genuine? Is it artificial? Is it to fill our own needs? Yep. You know what I mean? Right. But that's Absolutely. another one of those words to remind that I'm an achiever, but also like, don't get, right. yep. humble that back down, Amber, because. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think for me, again, in my limited understanding, I think what it reminds me of is sort of the power of diversity, right? I mean, we, we all know that more the more diverse you have teams, like the better results you have just because you have the perspective. Yeah. So as I'm working with other people, thinking about like, I don't want everybody to be that achiever and that that have that mindset. Like you need that variety. So being able to, to honor people's differences, not just because they're not you but because you actually know it's it's not that you're different it's that you have a particular quality or a lens in which you see yep. the world and have experienced the world that is that that i don't have and i i want to be yep. reminded of like yeah you can't just be the dean view of world like and and especially as threes we will get excited about mobilizing and getting that going and mm -hmm. and need to be able to sort of pull back and say like whoa whoa whoa, whoa let, let's let other people have a chance here so which i'm very <laughs> pleased with the fact that the three of us have been able to sort of manage our time without go, talking over top of each other but um i just time. well no i won't miss my tea time but uh, but but i think i i they do think i heard the doorbell ring so i think my <laughs> I think my buddy is here waiting for me <laughs> and when i tell him what i was doing just now 
he's an accountant. He's not going to have a clue what I'm talking about. But yep. maybe it's, start, it's yep. the start of a good conversation, maybe, right? Maybe. So. Exactly. You're going to plant that seed. <laughs> Well, thank you both uh, for this. Uh, my my dream is to very one day very soon, the three of us can sit down and share uh, maybe meats or other things together. I don't know wherever everybody's at, but something of that nature. Um, I'm and, down for that. And I I know I know he did. He did say that. Yes, I know that Christina is is off to. Back to DC, is that ultimately where you're, or you're not even sure about that? You may or may not. Who I knows? Know. I don't know. Right. She's on vacation now. She's not told anybody when she's done it. It could last forever. It could be done tomorrow. We don't know. But she, I just love the fact that she's sort of embodying this nine element of her and just saying, ah, whatever happens, happens. That's okay. I'm not going to worry about it. And uh, Amber's now uh, firmly uh, in the in the DFW world there. So anyway, thank you both for your time. I appreciate it and uh, get well, Christina. And uh, we'll see you both real soon. So fun, Dean, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>